And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards, and I'm joined by the lovely and talented Miss E. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? I'm wonderful. It is a beautiful fall afternoon. We are uh, taping a little bit earlier than we normally do, earlier in the day, uh, about the same time of the week when we try to tape a podcast, but earlier in the day because we actually have plans on a weeknight to go out and see a play this evening. We're going to the theater. Yes, we're going to the theater. The outdoor theater. In mathematics, I'm not too sure. It's more like the theater, the theater. We're going down to the theater. Yes. Uh, in Appomattox, Virginia, there is an outdoor theater company that is like pretty much year-round. It's a permanent thing. And they've been around for at least five or six years, maybe even longer than that. Um, it's called Wolfbane Productions. We've never been to a, a play there. We've no. always talked about going, but we've never been. And it's kind of funny because we're actually going to this by accident. Yeah. Uh, I thought that I was purchasing tickets for an event next month in november the writer of this is so weird the writer of despicable me has apparently written an unauthorized stranger things parody uh featuring all kinds of like 80s parody songs called stranger sings <laughs> and it is making its worldwide debut in appomattox virginia as a part of wolfbane <laughs> productions and so it sounded like fun and yeah. i swear I'm still not sure. I still think there might be something wrong with the website. But anyway, I I, I thought I was buying two tickets to that. And instead, uh, I ended up buying two tickets to The Crucible. Apparently, um, the website was like, no, 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 not enough people want to go see The Crucible, so you're going to go see The Crucible. <laughs> right. So we're going to go see the Arthur Miller production, uh, originally written in 1950s, you know, widely seen. And I, I, I guess it is. 1953. Uh, yeah. So widely seen as a... Uh, uh, takedown of McCarthyism uh, and you know blacklisting, which is interesting because now Hollywood is is very much pro blacklist and and McCarthyite in their own way, right? Yeah, just they are. Of, just you, it's just it's just if you don't you know if you don't toe the party line out there with them, then you know they don't want to have anything to do with you, right? So we're getting into the Halloween spirit by uh, going to see a movie about people who were killed for uh, supposedly being witches. Play, not a movie. Oh, that's right. Sorry, that's yeah. a movie. Yeah, we're not going it's to because see it's been so long since I've been to the theater. <laughs> And my brain just automatically says movie. Movie, yeah, because we usually just go to movie theaters. Exactly. So you read, uh, you you reread the play for the first time since high school today. What yes. did you think? Was it a good play? Um, it should as be interesting. Um, it's yeah, it was fine as an adult. You got to see, you know, how people's hysteria and the fact that they don't want to get caught in a lie and how it all just you know turned into a giant shit show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. But it was, I was just like, I really uh, thought, uh, part of it is going, well, how are they going to do that? In the, in the, there's a lot of expository information here. How are they going to do that? Is there a narrator that's going to be there telling you all this other stuff that they're not going to be able to act out? But, right. So, yeah. But I read, yeah, I found it. We had, we actually had a version um, that was apparently loaned from, uh, I think, the Oklahoma City Public Library System to Mount St. Mary's way back in the day. Oh, okay. So, I don't know how... You, I think you might have bought it at a used book sale or something because some of the 
it's like so you know how live book library books usually have certain like markings or codes on them it looks like there's mm-hmm. like tape or something covering those up so oh, it looks okay. like it was probably from a library book sale kind of thing okay man do you remember the book sales they used to have at the oklahoma city public library they would have at the fairgrounds Oh, they were huge. Oh, it was there massive. Was just tables and tables and tables of books. I know. It was insane. I loved the Oklahoma City Probably library book sale. Probably a little too much. <laughs> we're bad now. We donate books on one end and go to the other end and buy them. I know. If we ever win the lottery, we're going to have a rescue dog sanctuary and an old book repository. Well, we can just turn our whole house into the book repository and then build something new. And we'll probably have to like add in some bracing to the second floor <laughs> if we put that many books up there. Probably. I've been a little worried about the uh, the upstairs library anyway. But, well, that's uh, in the center. I don't think it's going to fall through to the floor. I think it's, it's fine. It's been seven years almost. I think we're okay. Yeah, I'm pretty you know? sure that that's not coming down anytime uh, I do see some cracks in that, that front hallway ceiling. I don't but, think they're uh, new cracks. I think they're old cracks <laughs> that the plaster's just coming out of now. There's a couple of places in the house that are like that. They just painted it over before we bought the I house. Know. And now the paint's old and then the cracks are popping out again. Yeah. Yeah. So we are getting into the Halloween spirit here. Uh, Missy set up our monster garden. I uh, posted a video up on Twitter. I think you've probably posted some pictures on yeah. Instagram as well at Corny Goat Farm. We have to Farm. watch out because the goats like to eat anything and they love to chew on fabric and they will eat electrical cords. So because I don't, we have them free ranging because the it's so dry and the area is so dead that we're just letting them walk around and eat weeds and stuff. I didn't want them eating my um, inflatables, so that's why it's the monster garden because they're all hiding in the tomato garden that's covered up by the electronet or or or. or held in by the surrounded by the next yeah, electric. I think actually I think it looks I think it looks good because we've got such a big yard that inflatables tend to get lost in yeah, them. They do. You know, like but to have all three of them together yeah. it, it yeah, yeah, there's actually some structure to it. So I actually like the way that it looks. Well thank you. I also got the the world's oldest mons hanging that I made ages ago from um, plastic heads and uh, P V C pipe and mm-hmm. old bed sheets. And they've been down in the barn for stored in boxes for so long that mice have lived in them and died in them and stuff. So they really look really grungy now. They're absolutely perfect for Halloween. They really are. Yeah, they're probably they're just, covered in bubonic plague oh, too. But uh, yeah, I you washed know, my hands after I put up everything. So okay. no worries about that. Good deal. <laughs> but yeah, I'm feeling like woohoo, Halloween! Come on, bring it! I even wore my my. Uh, a pumpkin hat that I had knit for myself a couple years ago. I noticed you were in that earlier today. It's cold this morning. Yeah, it was like 40-something. Fall has officially arrived. It was great. And we got almost an inch of rain yesterday, which was wonderful. And it was like that slow, steady soaking rain, too. It wasn't, you know, heavy pounding that was over in like two hours. It was like five or six hours yeah. of just a nice, solid rain. We've got rain coming in the forecast. So... Yeah, now that summer's over. Yeah, right. Uh, now that right. there's Just really nothing to, growing. Just you know, give the, the lawn and the yard one more last blast of growth and yeah, maybe get out on the lawn tractor before winter comes. Yeah, one more time to cut down some of those trees. <laughs> I know, right? Mostly, we've been just mowing down trees the past couple of times. The grass really hasn't been growing at all. It's just those tree weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a couple of... Uh, one of them is a black locust tree. The other, I, I can't remember the name of this tree, but this, this tree is the most... It's like kudzu. It it's grows like everywhere. And it grows up weed. through the, right, the roots spread out, and all of a sudden, yeah. bloop, you know, one will pop up. I call them zebra trees because the trunks are alternating. Striped. kind of Yeah, like yeah. dark and, and lighter 
bands, uh, and apparently they're toxic. If you try to so burn you, them, you they can't are. burn them. Um, I, There's <laughs> a couple other things about them. I remember ter- learning from um, Dirty Knees Farm. She had a couple of stuff about it because you know they had yeah. that far from us, so they have that same kind of tree problem. They almost like you said they're almost like scrub trees. They just pop up everywhere if you don't let them if you don't keep mowing them down. Yes, so that's one of my winter chores is to try to clean up some of the areas where they've gotten a little overgrown. overgrown yeah, because um, I don't really like them and I don't really want them. So in the meantime, though, I I, I thought to uh, help us get into the Halloween spirit uh, that I would ask a question of our listeners to give us their favorite ghost stories or their favorite spooky house stories because we do live in an old house yeah uh and I supposedly ghosts, i know you haven't and you've been very disappointed about that i know that. it's really a bummer but uh but 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 others have seen yeah uh ghosts in our house uh on our property and i have heard mysterious footsteps yeah on the front porch on our front porch anything. Exactly. So, I know. Just, I'm like, man, they don't want to see me, apparently. I'm like the biggest fan. Like, come on, I want to see you. <laughs> but uh, you can email us at 40acrefool at gmail.com, and you can give us your uh, favorite family ghost story or your, uh, your 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 favorite kind of, you know, unexplained thing. Every, I think every family has a ghost story. Does your family have any ghost stories? Oh, yeah. We used to live in a equally as old house up in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. And we had a hooded figure come to our house a couple of nights in a row. And one night he was in my bedroom door, and one night he was in my mom's bedroom door. Was he trying to burn door. a cross or just, no, no, just a hooded um, spectral a, figure? Just a hooded, it, you know, it was, a, it was definitely a person, but it wasn't anybody we knew. And my mom had somebody come to the house, and they... Um, it was somebody who was related to the people who owned the house before us. They think he was trying to come and warn the people about their daughter because that bedroom, that their daughter's bedroom was what my bedroom was. And then it turned out that that little girl got hit by a truck. Oh, dear. And so we don't know whether or not, you know, it's like, well, I guess nobody gave him a forwarding address to tell him. Uh-huh. Or he'd been so out of it for so long. But it was kind of strange. Like, so, But that's our that's our ghost story. And that's from Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, so my family's ghost story is also from Massachusetts. Um, when my grandfather died, I was two, mm. if, if even, like I was right around two. Uh, so my older brother would have been around eight. And we were staying uh, after the funeral at my grandmother's house, which was across the street from the cemetery. Mm. And my brother swears and has sworn all of his life um, that the evening of the funeral... He was looking out of the upstairs bedroom window, and he saw Pop-Up in the cemetery across the street, and he smiled, and he was wearing a hat, and he doffed his hat to my brother, and then he walked off and disappeared. And so, like, that's been my family's ghost story. Ooh. Yeah, right? And then... I'm hoping that my story gets passed down so that our kids are like, oh, yeah, your grandfather heard mysterious footsteps on the porch. Because that is the closest that I've ever come to an honest-to-goodness, unexplained, anything, you know, yeah. supernatural phenomenon. Well, we got a couple of years left of us, so hopefully we'll be, you know, something will happen. Well, I don't want to, like, invite, you know, Chutulu or some sort of... <laughs> 
<laughs> some sort of you know <laughs> old god or greater demon to uh, to, to pop up. But uh, well, I'm, I'm happy with mysterious footsteps. That, that's fine then. Just yeah. I don't need like that freaky librarian in the basement of Ghostbusters. Remember that the. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I remember that. No, <laughs> I don't need to see that in my no, cellar or anything like that. <laughs> you want you know, friendly things. I don't want to have to worry about like the, all the corpses in the um, what was that one? Six feet under? Not six feet under. Oh, dead like me. I see dead people. I see six cents. That one. Six cents one. Yeah, I don't want to see dead bodies or you know. Yeah, I, no. I, just, I want to see you know. <laughs> but then again, apparently ghosts are the. The, the ghosts are supposedly the souls that couldn't give up their life here to go into the afterlife, so they're just miserable people clinging to the this this plane. So maybe they wouldn't look like happy ghosts. You know, it's just, uh, that's, I guess uh, you know. So first of all, there are, I guess multiple schools of thought, right? There yeah. are there's a school of thought of there are no such things as ghosts, right? And right. That, so there's that school of thought, right? Which is probably the correct school of thought. I don't know. Uh, it's it probably. Yeah. I'm not entirely convinced, but then there's a school of thought that these ghosts are some somewhat sentient, uh, you know, souls that that have not yet passed on. Then there's the theory that it's more of almost like a, a residual. Uh, you know, electrical impulse or something that that you leave on the environment. Oh, okay. Um, and so you're, it's not an actual sentient thing because a lot of times you'll hear you know ghost stories and the ghost is doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. The ghost goes down the stairs. The ghost appears on the bridge at midnight. The yeah. ghost, right? The ghost doesn't actually exhibit free will. The ghost never shows up in the Walmart. Right. Um, <laughs> and scares the people in the frozen pizza aisle. <laughs> You know <laughs> the, the haunted pizza case, right? So, so the, what what drives me nuts is I've I've wondered about that ever since the night that, and I think I might have told this story a while ago, so I'm going to tell it again. Um, but there was a summer evening a few years ago, and I was sitting outside. I was by myself. This was probably the first summer after we moved here, so it's been like six years. And I was by the fire pit. The fire was dying down. It was midnight-ish, but I think just before, and I heard these big, heavy stomps on the porch like somebody was walking in boots mm-hmm. on the porch, and I'm looking at the porch. So I know there's nobody on the porch, but that's where the sound is coming from. Weird. But I can't process that, so I'm like, well, it's got to be from inside the house. It's got to be maybe somebody running down our stairs, and they're just banging down the stairs so loud that I'm hearing it outside. Uh, Which doesn't make sense, but that's the most logical thing I can think of. Right. And then it happens again. And so now I'm I, I, I'm not even really freaked out because I'm just like, it, it can't be what I think that this is. <laughs> it just can't be what it thinks that it is. So it's got to be somebody running down the stairs. So I get up, I walk across the yard, and I go up the front porch, and I look in the window, and I see Bullet asleep on the floor, and I see our oldest son asleep on the couch. And I'm like, well, if it was that flipping loud outside, it would have been incredibly loud inside. And these two would have been up and barking. And the dog, for sure, would have been up and flipping out. Yep. And he wasn't. Nope. And because, yeah, he would have been barking. So 
the sound must have come from outside. It must have come from the porch, the porch that I was looking at as the sound of, you know. It just came from the spectral plane. Big, heavy. The only one heard it. So I've been thinking, okay, so what happens if this only happens, like, that one night of the year, the night that the person wearing the boots was, you know, whatever, kidnapped, you know, a cow stepped on him. I don't know. But what happens if it's that one night? Do you remember what night it was? No, I remember it was in the summer. Oh, well, I remember it was this year. I know. (laughs) I know. Well, I'm not going to be sitting outside at midnight on like January 15th or anything. I don't care if something extraordinarily important happened at midnight on January 27th. I'm never going to learn about it. Unless all of a sudden, you know, the ghost of some old man appears in our bathroom, you know. Right. That'd be weird. Right. Because it used to be outside. Exactly. So he'd have to, it'd probably be just like his head (laughs) poking up through the floor. Well, it was This a room, is new. And the door, the, our closet, the door actually went out to the back hallway to the back right. steps. Right. But even that was relatively new. That's, rel- yeah, newer than that. Yeah. It's like the, I really, like that whole time thing, I really want to have the idea of where I can sit in the yard at a decent space and just sit, sit there and have a snack and watch the house fast forward from like 1781 up until, you know, present day to watch it grow right. and develop and stuff. It would be kind of cool to see how, oh, that's how they grow. How, that's how they did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. It would be. All right. So send us your spooky stories. Want to know your uh, your family ghost stories. Again, the email address, 40acrefool at gmail.com. I should go ahead and tell you, you can uh, follow Miss E on Instagram at Corny Goat Farm. You can follow us on Facebook at Corny Goat Farm. Yep. You can follow me on Twitter at Cam Edwards, and you can follow me on Instagram, but I haven't posted there in a while, too. Yeah, you're not good about that. Uh, nope. And I'm not allowed on Twitter, so there Nope. You <laughs> <laughs> and it works out well that yeah, way. it works just fine. So, uh, one of the things that we did over the weekend was start our version, our non-raisin and spices version of tomato wine. Yep. So everything's sitting. Just got to stir it once a day. What's the first step? What did you have to do first? Uh, so you put all of the fruit, because this is a fruit winemaking kit, and they give you a fine mesh nylon bag. So you put all the fruit in a bag and just smash it all up to release all the juices. And then I had to add um, like three and a half quarts of water boiled with uh, two pounds of sugar, I think. Mm-hmm. And get that boiled and then, you know, cooled sufficiently so I can put it in this plastic bucket. But you pour it over the tomatoes and then you added uh, added a bunch of stuff. There was a citric blend. There was some tannins. There was a Camden tablet. Um, and this is all the initial. And then after 24 hours, I added a pectic enzyme. And then no, after 12 hours, I added the pectic enzyme. After 12 hour, 24 hours after I added the pectic enzyme, I added the yeast. And now we are at the sit and wait a week, and it's only been day three, um, but sit and wait a week uh, to check the P, PA level. The, 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 not the pH. But. No, it's not the pH. It's something to do with the alcohol content level. Okay. And then if it's at a certain number, then you go forward. If it's not, then you let it sit for another week. Okay. So we're, and then, then that's also in a week is also when we'll take out the bag of fruit. Because it'll have served its purpose, and then you just let the liquid sit. Gotcha. Right now, it's a very cloudy orange color. Hmm. So, who knows what... But the wine, it's said anywhere from a, a gold to a red orange. Well, we had wine. so many 
of these sun golds, which are a lot bright of orange, bright, right? And they're really super sweet. That's why I added extra of those because they said the tomato wine, sometimes when you finish it at the end, you'll add a little bit more sugar and a little stabilizer. Mm-hmm. And so the stabilizer will stop the yeast from trying to eat the sugar to turn it into more alcohol. Oh, okay. And, but it's so you end up with a sweeter wine. But okay. We'll, just, we'll, think, make, think, yeah, we'll, we'll make a game day decision as to whether or not we need to add right. more sugar at the, at the end of it. Because we still got a couple of weeks while ahead. First, it has to sit in the bucket for a while, and then we have to rack it. Means you like try to get everything and not take the the stuff that's at the bottom, the sediments and stuff, into a glass gallon carboy and let that ferment for a while. Then okay. it sits there for like a week or so, and then you, we have to bottle bottle it with some corks and let it sit for anywhere from three to nine, twelve months. Okay. So. All right, so you won't get a taste test for a while. Not at all. Yeah. And this is going to be, what, four bottles worth? Five bottles worth? I think it's supposed to make five bottles, wine bottles, because a wine bottle isn't like a quart. It's 750 milliliters, so it should make about five bottles of wine. Okay. I was just thinking, you know, like the sky's really the limit on how many bottles of wine we could make <laughs> if we started early next year. Because oh, with tomato, if we did, because we get so many tomatoes. I know, I know. Right? and then we really could try how many bottles we could afford to buy. We could have the sun gold <laughs> wine, and we can have oh, yeah, the Cherokee right. purple wine. Oh wow! Or we could have the Juliet wine. Like we could actually, rather than a yeah. melange of the tomatoes, we could make different types. And and who knows? We might be the people who end up making tomato wine a thing. Maybe. but Or not. But Maybe. people are like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, I didn't hear about it until we bought that bottle at the at the Vino in the Village thing. And then I started looking it up online, and I found a YouTube video of a woman making it. Turned out she had a cookbook. So she's got a lot of crazy recipes in there. she got one for potato wine. That I don't know about that. I mean, I'll try it. I'd try, you know, I'll try most booze. But, yeah, uh, right? But... People will drink anything. Here, and, but here's the thing. Like, that wine that I had, the tomato wine, it was not great. No. By any stretch of the imagination. But it was not the worst thing that I've ever had either by yeah, any stretch of the imagination. It's like a Boone's Farmy sort of thing. It was, yeah. And it was, it was more, let's put it this way. On, you know, in the world of gutter wines, it was more Boone's Farm than Mad Dog 2020. There you go. It was more Boone's Farm than Thunderbird. Okay. Okay. So I'm willing to give this one a go. And honestly, like, if you can drink for basically for free. Yeah. Like okay. This, this kid. <laughs> I'll drink for free. I got it at Midwest Supply. They sell beer and wine making equipment, all kinds, yeah. and kits. Where so I, so I, what I bought was I bought like a beginning fruit making wine kit, and it has enough of all of the chemicals that you need: the pectic acid, the yeast, the yeah, well maybe not the yeast, yeah, the yeast to make fifty bottles of wine. Wow. So we've got the stuff to make 50. So we have just that stuff. We have uh-huh. to make 50. We don't have bottles and cork right. stuff. We'll, I'll, I'll buy a corker later, and I'm just going to recycle some bottles. But, um, yeah. And that was – and the, okay, so the whole kit. You got a big plastic bucket with a top. You got two airlocks for one for the, the gallon glass jar that you also got mm-hmm. with a special lid that has a hole for the airlock. Mm-hmm. You got the nylon bag. You got all the chemicals. Um, you got – Tubing and uh, a straight, um, stiff, clear tube, a flexible one and a hard tube for when you have to uh, siphon out a rack mm-hmm. the, for going one to another. And the hydrometer, I'm not saying it right, the thing that checks the alcohol. The hydrometer? Hi- no, it's hy- yeah, it's no, kind of like that, but it's hydrobla. Okay. Um, anyway, all of that was like $49. Wow. Plus shipping, really so it wasn't too bad. So like you said, it'll give us 50 bottles of wine, not including right. the fruit and the bottles. 
that's uh, well more than a year's worth of wine for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily more than a year's worth of booze, but a year's worth of wine for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm kind of excited about it, honestly. I'm going to uh, go read through and see what other... Because apparently uh, tomato wine supposedly tastes like an inexpensive Chardonnay. So take that okay. with you. So a sweeter a yellow. Or this might wine. prompt like a little spinoff podcast called like the Frugal Booze Hound or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> of all kinds of people calling us, I started making wine out of... Booze prepper. Blah. Ooh. Blueberry there, there, booze there prepper. Go. Well, that's what the thing is. It's like, it's kind of funny. Like a lot of people, when you when you, uh, when you you learn your history about Johnny Appleseed in, in elementary school, he's the guy who went around and, oh boy, he planted apple trees for everybody so everybody can have apples. Yay! Well, no, that's not exactly the whole story. Apples. You could they add make so hard they, cider. Yeah, they didn't finish the send of the party. Right. The only reason he was planting the apples so that was so people could make hard cider. They would make alcoholic beverages from all of this. Yeah. People will make booze out of everything, which is why when you think about <laughs> vodka, it's corn. They've made it out of grapes. They've made it out of potatoes, wheat, oats. I mean, people will make booze out of anything, and they've been making booze for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, the amazing thing is. Like 150 years from now, kids are going to be learning about Carlos Cannabis Seed, who walked around <laughs> the United States. And, but they'll learn it was like it was just for flowers. You're just growing bouquets, or it was, it was for, for the hemp. hemp. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Cannabis Seed. That's funny. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> okay, so I should probably clear something up. Uh, by the way, uh, you and I. Uh, we're talking last night just amongst ourselves. And one of the topics that had come up was, hmm, what do you think about the idea of moving back to Oklahoma? Uh, and I ended up uh, putting out on Twitter last night. I said, completely out of left field, Missy and I ended up having this semi-serious conversation about moving back to Oklahoma. Because that's what it was. It was a semi-serious. Yeah, it was semi-serious. Oh, a lot of folks have been focusing on the serious part of semi-serious <laughs> because I've been getting a lot of, are you really moving back to Oklahoma? Oh, my God, do you guys think about moving back to Oklahoma? And the answer is, no, probably not. Probably not. I don't know. I mean, I just got this house. We just got this this office built for you. Right. We still have too many things in the house that need to be repaired and fixed. And then... The other problem is, is that this house was on the market for a really long time before we were stupid enough to buy it, and it's. We weren't you know. stupid enough to buy it. It was, it was waiting. For <laughs> I us. love this house, that, and so that's but, the that's the, to me the real thing is that to, to me it comes down to the pros and cons are the pros about Oklahoma would be we have family there, our oldest kids are are there. It would be nice to be closer to them. I can do my job from pretty much anywhere as as you can. Yeah, we can work from any place. Um, you know, real estate's pretty cheap. Um, this state, there are this state may be taking a turn for the worse, right? And and, yeah, exactly. Is, is, our, our, anyway. our, our politics are probably more aligned in Oklahoma than they will be in Virginia, um, and those are those are the pros, and those are some pretty significant pros. Some of the cons that you mentioned again, we need to get some work done before we can put the house on the market. House was on the market for a while before we got it, um, and to me, the biggest con though is. We love 
this place. Yeah. We, we love every foot I mean, of the 40 acres. If I won a gazillion dollars in the lottery, I'd probably still keep this house and just have one built in Oklahoma near so I could just go there and stay there and then visit with my family out there. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be at the Oklahoma house this weekend. Come visit. Yeah. So I had a friend uh, ask me today and I said, okay, so here's the deal. No, probably not moving. I said, but ask me again in six months. Yeah. We've got our elections coming up in Virginia in less than three weeks. And... Right now, there is a one-vote Republican majority in the state Senate, mm. and there is a three-seat Republican majority in the House of Delegates. Mm. And Michael Bloomberg is spending at least $2.5 million targeting 12 seats around the state, because he only needs to flip four. Mm. Um and Why does he care what's going on in Virginia? Oh, he cares about what's going on everywhere. Michael Bloomberg loves you. He, he cares <laughs> about you so much. He wants to make sure that you don't listen to music too loud and and that you you know you only don't, drink you don't twelve vape ounce sodas. And you drink and... twelve ounce sodas, and you know you only have a two round uh, magazine for your. Uh, Derringer, and he doesn't really even know why you need to have a gun in your house anyway. Oh. But because uh, uh, that's what your armed security guards are for. What right, would you exactly. need a gun in your house when exactly. you're armed security guard? And, and, and that's why we have police to you know throw young black men up against the wall and frisk them, as he talked about doing in uh, Colorado a few years ago. Yeah. So anyway, He's yes, he is spending two and a half million dollars just in Virginia. He is likely going to be spending at least two and a half million dollars no matter where you live uh, in next year's elections. Virginia and New Jersey are sort of outliers. We have our elections in the off year, so there's not a lot of other action going on. But uh, Bloomberg is oh. pretty much already committed to spending at least $150 million next year to push gun control. So we will see what happens in Virginia in just a few weeks. Uh, Governor Ralph Northam has already proposed all kinds of stuff, uh, banning quote unquote assault weapons, universal background checks, one gun per month, uh, sales laws, uh, red flag firearms laws, and uh, a magazine ban, a bunch of other, and, and, and more stuff. And he'll sign anything that gets to his desk. So um, I actually had a piece at Bearing Arms uh, this week talking about Virginia is the canary in the coal mine election for mm. gun owners around the country, and it absolutely is. No matter where you live, watch what's going on in Virginia because it, it, polls are saying right now that, that gun control is the number one issue on the minds of voters in Virginia. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, it's not fighting gun control. That's the number one issue on the minds of Virginia voters. It is putting more gun control laws on the books. We have not had new gun control legislation over 20 years in Virginia. Uh, and, and, and a lot of people will say, look, this is just the expansion of you know, Northern Virginia and it's all the liberals moving into the to the D.C. area working for the federal government. There's absolutely something to that. Um, but a lot of the districts that Bloomberg is actually targeting are not in the D.C. suburbs oh. like that switch has already flipped. Gotcha. Right. That, that's already done. Yeah. We don't so need to talk to these people. Now it's like the Richmond suburbs and it's around oh. Virginia Beach. Uh, and and so there are other battleground areas in the state. It's not you can't explain all of this away uh, by saying that it's, you know, D.C. sprawl and Virginia's just turning blue. There's there's more going on. Uh, there's a ton of work that's being done by Michael Bloomberg. And he spent a lot of money to, you know, pay very smart people to figure out how to uh advances agenda everywhere mm. so anyway sorry for that how is digression. that allowed to be done how, how is he allowed to spend money on, on interfering with so many elections i mean 
crap. We got annoyed when we thought a outside country was interfering with our elections, but we're going to let rich people do it all the time? What yeah. the hell is that? You can. I mean, it's so. There should be a limit to how much money people could spend on interfering with the with government offices. I mean, seriously, well, it's not that, interfering. It's, it's, it's totally campaigning. Interfering. No, it's campaigning. Mm, it's inter- it's it's using your money to throw your weight around. It's yeah, totally- but we have the 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 deal is that we have the ability to throw our weight around too. You're unless you want to, and, and maybe you do. Um, I mean, there have been some people, and not all on the left, but uh, you're kind of talking like a lefty right now. But uh, there have been some folks on the left who said, listen, let's just have public financing for elections. And nobody spends any money. If you're a candidate, you get X number of dollars from the government to spend on your elections. And that's it's just public financing. Part of your tax dollars go to pay for public finance of elections. Then there's... You know, the there should be no limits on spending. That's the other side of the spectrum, right? Just let everybody spend whatever they want. Um, what we have right now are basically limits in money that you can give to candidates. Um, but then if you want to give money to a political action committee, for example, um, which is a, a third party that, that runs ads in support or opposition to candidates, you can give however much you want. And if you're an individual, you can spend however much you want in those independent expenditures. So... See, that shouldn't... That's what I'm saying. You shouldn't be allowed to do that because that's just, in this case with Bloomberg, it's flagrant interference. Well, it, but it's not interference. It's just campaign spending. You call it banana and I'm going to call it banana. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the same... Would you really call it banana? No, I wouldn't. And Did I'm you make just banana like I pudding I the other make, night? I, not, just like I wouldn't say tomato <laughs> either. I say tomato. Um, I didn't realize anybody ever actually said banana. I know. I, 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 was, I meant to get tomato and tomato okay. out, but my mouth was going. That's all right. But no, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, you're just calling it a nicer name. But if somebody's spending a lot of money to fix to fix an election, no, it's, it's, it's then speech. That's spending. It's, it's free. It's it's free speech. I mean, what they're what they're doing. No, they're is using their... their money to try to get their way. Yes, and we get to pool our money and and, and do the same thing. Uh, yeah. Well. You know. Now look. I mean, here's a. Th- but uh, listen, I it will be outspent. Uh, there's. You know. In fact, there was a story. Uh, WAMU today, you know, Bloomberg is outspending pro-gun groups like 10 to 1 in Virginia right now. And by the way, nobody's going to say how many of these politicians are in the anti-gun lobby's back pocket, right? How many politicians has Michael Bloomberg bought and paid for? Like they do yeah. with, with right, now, you know, right. like it's a complete double standard. It's totally hypocrisy. <laughs> right? I mean, it's ridiculous. But I, I'm not on board with saying... Uh, no, we got to put individual limits on on spending because I think that that would end up biting us in the rear ends too. The billionaires they've got they can pay the attorneys to figure out a way to do what they want to do. Uh, we can't, and so any of those laws that would be aimed at the billionaires, I have a feeling we just end up coming back and biting on the the little guy's rear end. Mm. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> That's. That's probably a pretty good place to wrap up then. When we get to the point where your only reaction is, whatever, I think you're done. <laughs> well, I appreciate you hanging out with me for a little bit. Oh, yeah. You got to hang out with me a little bit more because we still have to go to the theater. We have to go to the theater. Yes. 
first we have to go to uh, probably Dr. McDonald's Chips. and uh, pick chin. up the children's or food. They can make, or they can have some sandwiches. I did, I did get cold cuts and more bread today. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Lizzie, we appreciate uh, you being a part of the program as well. Again, uh, feel free to send us an email. We, uh, we love to hear from folks. 40acrefool at gmail.com is the snail mail address. Uh, also... Uh, yes, Corny Goat Farm on Instagram, and yes, Cam Edwards on Twitter, but on Etsy. Corny Goat Crafts. All one word. All one word. Corny Goat Crafts. Corny Goat Crafts. And, you know, Christmas is coming. There's booties and hats and washcloths and... And at the moment, now two, this might be gone. Cows. Two cows. You're right. A couple of couple of stuffed, cute little stuffed critters. One black Angus, and then the other is a... Charlet. A Charlet. It's a, a Charolais. It's Charolais. A, it's C-H-A-R-O-L-A-I-S. So Charolais. It's a French all-white cow. Okay. So he's white everywhere, and which is funny because, and there are horned cattle, so he even has, or she even has white horns. Um, or she, I named it Charlie the Charolais. And then uh, Eliana the Angus is Scottish. Eliana is a Scottish word meaning from the green meadow. I thought, oh, that's going to be perfect. For oh, yeah, Black right? Angus. Black, and I'm not kidding, black nostrils, black eyeballs, black <laughs> cow. It's also polled, so he does not, she does not have horns, so she's a polled cow. Okay. Um, but yeah, black is These like, cows are not entirely anatomically correct, but they're not in terms anatomically of the correct. The colors and the <laughs> horns. No knitted utter. Yeah, or there's like no, that. yeah, somebody already gave me grief about that. I'm like, I didn't put teats on the goats. I'm not certainly going to start, start making them anatomically correct. Sue me, it's yarn. You know, there's only so many. So many. Now, I've seen some people do some pretty X-rated things with yarn, but I'm yeah. not one of those people. So right. there you go. Not Could take your barnyard filth somewhere else. Yes, please take your barnyard filth somewhere else. So cool. yeah, cute little cows. I'm working on a unicorn now. I'm gonna just hold off on that because there's a couple of people who are already asking me for them. So I'm just gonna try to make a bunch and then just post them all at the same time so everybody has a shot. <laughs> there you go. Well, with Christmas coming up, you're looking for a. Uh, Neat little present for a, a little one or somebody who just really loves cows. There you go. Corny Goat Crafts. Yep. All Etsy. one word at Etsy. And until we speak again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And make stuff. And we'll see you here soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 